Good evening, everyone out there on the interwebs. This is Ginger, and we are here with another episode of Fighting the Void. And joining me today is one Matthias Kloss, who you may also think of as the man out of time. Because Matthias is an unusual 20-year-old in a lot of ways, uh, most of them good, as a matter of fact. Most of them, we won't talk about any of the bad ways here because we just don't, we just don't do that here on Fighting the Void, <laughs> unless it's about democrats but <laughs> that is not matthias fortunately and uh i refer to matthias as the man out of time because you will find he has got um a mindset that is from from an earlier time a simpler time many would say a better time i certainly would say and uh just based on that just based on matthias's aesthetics you can probably guess it has something to do with a uh, time when men wore suits and ties uh, to run to the corner gas station to get a gallon of milk. <laughs> a more a more elegant attire for a more civilized age, if I can go ahead and make a more modern pop, pop culture reference. So, <laughs> Matthias, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's going to be a pleasure. I've been looking for a reason to get you on here for a long time, and we had decided... Uh, we had set a date a couple of weeks ago, and we we're talking. And this is for everyone else's benefit. We are trying to figure out a topic, and we're like, "Hmm, it could be really broad." We do a lot of, I've I've done a lot of stuff that's been heavier in terms of uh, theology and philosophy lately. Um, I'm really tired of going on for an hour about COVID. So it's like, you know what? What's unique about Matthias in particular? And that's the fact that Matthias has a particular affinity for the 40s. And that is comes out in just about everything, including the mindset. Um, so Matthias, let's jump right into that first. Kind of describe, you know, the, um, describe how did, what we mean by a 1940s mindset or you know what I could mean by that, and then kind of we'll talk a little bit about how on earth you got there because certainly the modern world doesn't promote that. <laughs> well, I was raised in a very traditional uh, fa family. My grandparents were immigrants from Germany in the 1950s. Oh wow! So they saw a lot of tough tough things in Germany. Uh, yeah. My grandfather was in a Soviet POW camp in the mid 40s at 16. Oh wow. So I was kind of raised on a very traditional, hard-lined pro Protestant mm -hmm. uh, family background. Uh, I, I maintain those traditions mostly, and then I grew up watching movies like Roy Rogers, John Wayne in the westerns, and right. uh, some noir films of the era. And I grew up on a lot of old t movies and TV shows. And nice. I grew, I grew deep interest, especially in the late '40s after the war. Things were a little rosier than they were early in the early war years. Uh, yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons. That whole not having to send all the men off to go fight Nazis. Yeah, and Japanese. And Japanese, of course. Yes. Yeah, we always forget about them. And I think, and I think that's a really sad thing because the Japanese were far more cruel in some ways than the Nazis. <laughs> were not. not they, they were not nice. Just go ask the Chinese in Nanking. And, and any uh, British Commonwealth soldiers who were at Hong Kong and were captured. I've seen pictures of them where they were practically skeletons. 
And I'm oh. speaking only in POW terms, the prisoner of wars. Right. They were all pretty bad for the most part, but J the Japanese were by far the worst along with the Russians. Oh, yeah. Soviets. Yeah, yeah, the Russians were not really great either. They just happened to have a, happened to be mad at Hitler because he double-crossed them. So, hence they were yeah. on our side. <laughs> yeah, it was the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's probably good that they were on our side. I think the two combined would have been really tough to handle. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Or even with just Russia being quiet and not doing anything. Yeah. The non-aggression pact, pack, they wouldn't have gone into the war. Yeah, yeah. If Hitler just would have been, would, wouldn't have been a complete blithering, arrogant fool <laughs> and decided to, oh, I could totally fight a two-front war with Russia in the winter and, you know, Try to fight, try to fight the Brits at the same time. That'll work out well. Oh yeah, and the Americans. Yeah, yeah. What a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and the Americans are getting into it. This is this is great, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. You know, sometimes I'm glad the most evil people, when push comes to shove, are idiots. They believe too much of their own press, and they always they always overreach. That's very true. <laughs> I tried. I try not to get too big for my britches. It's, it, see, right there, that, that is a good, more conservative, traditional uh, principle. I hate the term values. Yeah, Utterly despise I, the term values. Yeah, I, I prefer virtue, uh, principle. Yeah. I understand that there's a basis in politics. Uh, classical conservative knows a little more about that. Yes, yes. I'm gonna to have to get I'm gonna to have to get old Nathan on the show too sometime because I think we would have a very uh, lively political debate. Yeah, that would, that would be very interesting. But uh, but okay, so you grew up on a lot of um, uh, just a lot of older movies, a lot of older movies where there were clear distinctions between the good guys and the bad guys, mm -hmm. um, and the good guys they were role models. They weren't constantly being de deconstructed by their uh by their best friends and everything like you see in in a lot of a lot of modern uh entertainment yeah you know, the, the even though the good guy is the good guy he's constantly getting deconstructed by whoever's closest to him and it's yeah. plenty annoying <laughs> oh yeah it's very annoying i uh I always find that I, I don't mind the odd anti-hero like they did that in the 40s. Sometimes they had mm -hmm. flawed characters, mm -hmm. but they search for good in the end. Yep. You don't really find that anymore. You find almost a nihilistic. Uh, there's no optimism whatsoever anymore. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Get what you can get. It becomes just us versus them. Yeah. And too much modern entertainment. Like uh, there was a show Revolution. I won't get into it too much, but I stopped watching it one because it just the plots just started getting like way too crazy, and yeah. also it's like these aren't these supposed good guys aren't really good guys. They're just the main characters. There's a difference. Yeah, like that's I believe that I've, I've been working on a podcast as you you know. Yes, and. Uh, that's basically what I try to do. I'm trying to do is work on bringing back that good guy mentality. Yes, they have flaws. Every character from mm -hmm. Batman to Superman had flaws. Yeah. 
but I want to, to at least realize that there's a, there's actual good and there's actual evil. And you have to establish those things. And there are sometimes criminals who just made a bad mistake and they get, they should get the, the, the justice that is demanded. Yeah. 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 And it, it, but that, and that doesn't exclude mercy either. No, every virtue has to be balanced. I've always stated that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that goes all the way back to, of course, Aristotle in the middle lies virtue. Yeah, exactly. Although, although as someone pointed out, he took it to an extreme. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading uh, Nicomachean ethics and I'm like, dude, you get really granular. <laughs> he like go like very very specific situations and very specific um you know extremes is like and this is how you navigate this particular situation i'm like okay you're going too far man all right <laughs> keep it broad principle stop trying to micromanage everything i know i know as a very intelligent philosopher that's that's your temptation i get it and of course you were taught by plato so i definitely get it but chill there, yeah, Aristotle, like, relax. <laughs> like keep it where everybody can understand it, you know, just the average guy. Yeah, yeah. And do, again, don't try to get too granular because you can't. You can't get super granular and, and have it be, you, you can't, you can't, you can't codify every single situation. Nope. It just isn't going to happen. It's not humanly possible. No, no. Only the but, good Lord knows what. Where, where where that's going to happen? Exactly. Only he knows where it's all, where all all the chips fall exactly in any particular minute situation. Broad yeah. principles. Sometimes you got to figure out how to apply them on your own. By golly. Yep. <laughs> but again, that's actually that in and of itself is part of a older type of mentality. When you're yeah. not necessarily trying to. Uh, micromanage everything, although not that there weren't. Uh, obviously, we know back in the 40s, there were standards of, there were certain standards of behavior, standards of uh, the way you're supposed to uh, conduct yourself, treat others, and so on and so forth. Um, now, uh, obviously, I mean, and we've talked about this uh, every, every now and then in the chat, that um, you, you know, I mean, your whole your whole aesthetic even is uh, kind of around the '40s. Now, was that just uh, inspired by the by, by the older entertainment and everything that you were that that you were used to watching, or was it just more of it's like, or or was it more of a nope? I'm going to make this choice to take on this more um, modest uh, dress and appearance, or just classier, more more dignified. I think is probably the better word. Yeah, you know, or is a combination of the two. It's a combination. I was raised in a very old school home. Like mm -hmm. our home was, you you dressed up for church on Sunday. You mm -hmm. uh, tried to dress well. I kind of took it more more important as I re read through things and mm -hmm. And it's it was just a matter of also the fact that while I enjoy, I certainly would prefer to be in more like the 18th, early 18th century before the crazy uh, revolutionaries tore up much of Western Europe. Mm. 
I would, but I understand that that's not practical, but you can get to some sort of version of the 1940s. Yeah. In the societal aspect. You can get back to it, to the dress. You just have to work at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, a suit and tie isn't that hard to come by. No, they're, they're actually, you can get them quite cheap. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Uh, you know, shopping at the uh, shopping at the secondhand stores, you can actually come across some actually pretty nice stuff, as I know very well. Yeah, I, I inherited most of my stuff. Even better. Yeah, it's because I had an old school grandfather. <laughs> now you say old school. What do you mean by old school? Well, he was old fashioned in his views. He was uh, very strict, very tough on the boys, especially. He wanted you to grow to be men, not not to be uh, wimps or anything like that. He uh, he wrote he he made you work hard, and he one one summer he insisted I get really strong get strong. Had mm -hmm. me doing push ups, chin ups, and all that stuff all nice. summer long. <laughs> At times you hated him for it, but you also love him in the end for it because it benefited you in such a great way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that kind of one of the lessons that we've forgotten since the since the old days, if you will, that sometimes, you know, you got to be hard on somebody, even when they hate you, because it is for their own good. And eventually yeah. they'll figure that out. Yeah, there's I always have been like I've always felt that you need to have a bit of corporate punishment sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not to an extreme. You don't need to cause bruises and welts, but sometimes you learn from the bruises and welts. Sometimes you you bruise true. your knuckles. This is true. This is true. And, you know, I can definitely say, like, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, comes to my own kids, it, they're not always happy with their dad. <laughs> oh, no. They're not What's that? They're not supposed to. No. Your dad's not supposed to be your friend. No, maybe if you grow to be an adult, certainly it's supposed to grow to be that way. But you still have to be your own man once you marry off, marry and uh, mm -hmm. become one flesh. Yep, yep. Or in the case of my daughters, your own woman, because yep. they've got a, you know, eventually they're going off on, they're going off on their own. In fact, my oldest is, my oldest is very close to that. She's, yeah. she's going to be seventeen here in just a few, in just a couple of weeks wow uh, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah i know it, it's a it, it's a little it, it's a little unnerving i'm not gonna lie one day one day you'll know how it feels <laughs> uh, yeah i'm i'm i hope so but also i mean i can also look at it and go you know what you're gonna be able to handle you're gonna be able to, able to handle whatever gets thrown at you because well she's been she, like the others, have been raised to not be a shrinking violet. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, you know they think for themselves and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's that's a big problem I find in our society today. We we treat men and women the exactly the same. Yes. And, and yeah, that's yeah, that's wrong. It's wrong. No, no I completely agree. But 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 definitely, we should definitely elaborate on this because this is definitely something where. Uh, definitely separates older school from newer school. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, 
you, you look at it at this way women are built for better they're better man made for domestic mm -hmm. asking yeah always going to say things carefully because mm -hmm. i want to work in a few years right <laughs> yeah if not months but you have to understand this is where we get from biblical and from mm -hmm. just simple the logic of man and the history mm -hmm. of man yeah the men went to fight the women stayed home yep now it's not to say women can't have careers or anything like that but typically the man does go out and f hunt the meat to, to, right. to get it home yeah or it, today it's more they go and earn the money to buy the meat yes i think it's been i, I think part of the development of technology has made it possible for people to blur those distinctions yeah that's because that's the problem. for better for for better and for worse uh work today doesn't for most work doesn't have to be physical yeah that's and a it's you know hence it's easier for women to you know compete on an even footing in a cubicle farm than it is on an assembly line yeah or at the, or at the local steel plant as it were yeah or uh, simply on a construction site yep but even so uh i mean it's still much has been made of the fact that oh women there aren't enough women in this field or that field or or whatever it's like because they don't care to go there <laughs> they don't care yeah. to go into as a rule not obviously across the board, but as a rule, they don't care to go into like the hard sciences very much. Yeah. Because not because they're discouraged. If anything, they're like, they're encouraged so much that they don't want to hear any more about it. Yeah. If, um, other, if certain other studies that if certain other studies are to be believed, because apparently like in Scandinavia, they have a lot yeah. more, they have more women and stuff that go into those fields than we do because they don't push it. Yeah. I think I think the bet. I I don't think the the libertarian mindset of just I'll oh, just let them do whatever they want. You have to hold some kind of standard and hierarchy in a society, and it doesn't necessarily mean government and all that stuff. Because you always hear that government good, government bad, and all that stuff that goes mm -hmm. on amongst conservative and libertarian circles. Mm -hmm. And one, you need to balance those. You need to have a balance of. You need to have everything in a proper uh, place, as Michael Knowles pointed out on his show recently, mm -hmm. that you need to have a balance of all the virtues. You can't just go too much into mercy or you will have no justice. Mm -hmm. You will not be too, you will not, you cannot have too much fortitude because you may end up being an imbecile and getting yourself killed or getting your, your friends killed in the process. Mm hmm guys have a big problem with this unfortunately uh yes are you brave or stupid which one is it <laughs> uh, yeah. sometimes they look the same when you're trying to uh, jump on a skateboard and off off the top of the roof of your garage yeah that's pretty that's that's pretty close <laughs> I, i'd say that crosses a line into stupid but you know yeah i guess it's, if you've already mastered other lesser feats maybe that's the next step right <laughs> But the point is you have to have a balance of virtues and there are times when you, you just say, uh, you know, we have a duty to do this, even though it seems like it would be easier. It could be just 
done by the market, you know. There are times, right. as Tucker Carlson would point points out on it in his book *Ship of Fools* and mm -hmm. oftentimes on his show, yep. that there that the free market is an, is a fine tool, but it's a tool. It's not a like like a hammer or a uh, an axe. It serves man. It's not supposed to have man serving the market. Yep, and that's that's one place where I would definitely uh, agree with Tucker, and more so than I would like a like a Shapiro. Right. I remember actually when Shapiro when Tucker was on Shapiro's uh, Sunday special, and listening to that conversation, it was very interesting uh, conversation because there's so much that I could find in that conversation to agree with both of them on. Because yeah. on one hand, Carlson's right. The market should serve man, not the other way around. Whereas Shapiro's got a good point that usually government intervention and it doesn't go well. Yeah. Like, I, I think trust busting is a good thing. You sometimes need to break up a trust. Mm -hmm. Because if you have such a monopoly that no one can get in, it's not a market anymore. It's a uh, oligarchy. Mm -hmm. Hence Which with the, the big tech platforms yeah yeah I'd, and, I'd even argue we have something more insidious than a than a mere oligarchy at the moment oh, no. i mean at, at this point at this point it's a global oligarchy oh yeah very very much so i'm i'm an anti-globalist uh if more or less a localist if you would say anything yeah like, i think you need local government that's this is what, what the problem there sometimes you need to hold a federal standard to something on some yeah. some issues mm-hmm because sometimes local people cannot be trusted. Think of California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, even, but, even over and against that, some issues just, it seems logical that it would be federal. Yeah. You know, like I, I, in all honesty, uh, marriage is, marriage is definitely one of those issues that if there is going to be any sort of legal stand, legal standard, it seems like it should be, uh, it should federal. be federal because, how stupid would it be if I'm in County A and my marriage is all perfectly legal and everything, and there are various benefits accrued to that? But then, for whatever reason, I move, I move to County County B, and it's like now that marriage now now my marriage is illegal for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, you need a federal standard, and yes. I think I think the conservative movement as it is, has to uh, hold back, harken back to the old traditional mm -hmm. values. Like Trump would bring up the fact, oh, we got more women, female unemployment down. Well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does it, is that because they're staying at home and you're not classifying stay-at-home mothers as, as unemployed? unemployed? Yeah. Or are you, uh, or are there less mothers at home and our children are going to be, uh, or without parent and or, or without any proper guidance whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely one of the bad things that's come about in the uh, post-World War II era is the rise of the, you know, both parent, the whole idea of both parents working all the time. It's like, you know, that this hasn't been the greatest, especially when you do have far too many people getting raised by daycare workers. Or yeah. as, you know, or pre-COVID, obviously the school teachers or the school system, I should say. Because, yeah, that is definitely, that, that's definitely been daycare. Yeah, you, you look at my uh, grandparents, my 
grandfather was a foreman at a local plant. Mm -hmm. My grandmother worked as a tailor at home. She yeah. didn't go to a factory or anything mm -hmm. like that. And there's nothing stopping a woman from doing that. Right. Well, I mean, and there's, especially at this age, there's nothing particularly stopping a woman from doing really any, anything in terms of trying to get into a field. Right. You know, and we might disagree a little bit on whether or not they should be allowed or not allowed. However, I definitely think where you'd be, I definitely am in agreement with you on what the norm should be. Yeah. And on what you, and frankly, what we should promote the norm to be. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Now, there's, it's complicated. I don't take, I don't take the simple view. I, I go, well, it's case by case, but there are also things that should be a basic rule. I yeah. basically say that Ephesians 5 should be the basic, basic rule for society and marriage. Mm -hmm. There's exceptions, of course, but you get an idea. It's a good blueprint to have. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I, I think that's something that people miss when they talk to people with a more old school mindset. They never, they, they always stop listening before anybody gets, even gets a chance to say, I'm not saying this has to be enforced from on high. I'm not yeah. saying this. I'm not saying that, you know, that, that, that women don't, don't get, don't get to work or do anything outside the house. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the norm, what is generally most of the time best for everybody is that husband go work, wife stay home, raise kids. And for most of human society, this has worked out pretty well. Not that yeah. there won't be exceptions, there will be, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, like there's always been women who worked, but they yeah. weren't, but they didn't go. They weren't carpenters. They weren't. Uh, they weren't blacksmiths. They were ch charwomen, uh, washerwomen. Yeah, women. I would say you'd have to be hard pressed. I'm, you know, and I just know there's somebody out there right now who's going like, well, this one person, Olga the horseshoer, was the <laughs> finest blacksmith in her village. Okay, good. You found the one. <laughs> Congratulations. Good you, job. You've, you've given me one. I have like nine hundred and like nine yeah. million others yeah. examples are like no. Exactly, and it's not that women were and it's not necessarily I should say that women were prevented from going into blacksmithing. It's that they probably didn't want to, or yeah. they realized, you know what? I can't do that. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Just, and Margo, Margo pops up. Mar Mar Margo pipes up with how she's going to be a firefighter. Now, I have actually, <laughs> I have met, actually, and um, trained alongside uh, women firefighters, and the ones I have trained alongside cannot keep up. Yeah, and I and I say trained alongside because um, a previous job at the plant that I worked at, I was I was part of the fire brigade. Right. And we actually got, we actually got trained. We actually got firefighter level training. We actually right. trained alongside fire departments, uh, mm -hmm. at, uh, once a year, which was, I can tell you was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I can, I can believe that. There was, uh, the, this is an aside, but it's, it's worth sharing. There was a place actually over in Canada in Sarnia where yeah. we used to go when I first started work, working at, working at my power plant and they were not, they were not set up to actually train for the kind of 
players that that we fight and the way that we fight them at all really but Mm -hmm. it was still the best place we ever went because they had they were set up for like these for like you know an airplane crashes and there's just fuel everywhere or you know it's at a chemical there's a fire at a big chemical plant and just there's just fires everywhere you know yeah and it's just amazing so they had these big pits that the top layer the it mostly filled with water but the top layer would be like diesel fuel right they light that and it's just this raging inferno it's freaking awesome and you know it's it it looks like it looks literally like hell just erupted in front of you <laughs> this deal smoke and flames is everywhere and they actually had us fight it downwind so Ooh. you've you've got you've got it all blowing up literally over you as yeah. you know you've got you've got two guy you've got two guys shielding with with a hose and then one guy actually spraying down in there because yeah mm-hmm. you actually you do a wide fog pattern and that shields you from the heat and it's, it's it's a whole process and it's really cool when you're all geared up and you're fighting a fire that's literally going over your head yeah i can that imagine is good, that is good times my friend let me tell you <laughs> yeah but anyway i'm sorry that was an aside i just had mm-hmm. i just suddenly had to, had to share that which in itself is more old school it's like there aren't a whole lot of women that are going to be excited to get on the front line of that yeah, there are a lot of dudes that are there aren't a lot of dudes these days that are excited for that either, to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, it's modern man is a disgrace to our ancestors. Isn't it though? It is it's it's depressing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I had I had a little problem with a I had to get I had to get a blood test yesterday, so my elbow was sore, so I couldn't go skiing with my dad. Which was kind of bummer in a way even though i'm not a huge cross-country skiing fan i like the father-son time oh oh heck yeah absolutely and that is definitely something that we do here like i go uh with my son he likes building things he's a tinker he's a tinker like his latest thing is he's working on a matchlock pistol wow he's working he's working on pre on uh, perfecting that right now and He's got it down to where um, he he can he he can get the gunpowder to light. We haven't been able to take it to a place yet where we can see if it'll actually fire a projectile, though. Yeah, that's coming up though. That he's actually I won't be able to be with him, but he's going down to our farm property here in a couple of days uh, with my wife and the other kids. So he's going to get a chance to see if the it'll actually throw a projectile. Yeah, yeah, it, that's the thing. It's good that your your son's got that interest. I always love I love my Legos. I loved tinkering with those, building things. That's how he started. Actually, was Legos. Legos was like the first thing that grabbed his attention. Yeah. Good good toy for boys. Oh, honestly. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. People talk about talk about the forties as if there was no work for women. There was plenty of work, actually. Mm-hmm. There was secretary work. There was all kinds of other things. And now they're saying, well, Google and the, the other stuff replaces that. They can't they can't even write Sault Ste. Marie's right with, with through their programs. Like a couple of our area sent some some requests for certain COVID relief stuff. And they wouldn't take it because they forgot to put some dash in some part of the name. 
They, yeah. They didn't take the spelling. That's not human error. That was a uh, computer error. Yeah, it is. It is. That's the computer not being smart enough to go, oh, you mean this? Yeah. They were programmed to do this, this, and this, only that. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's uh, something that Bill Whittle has pointed out is computers don't really glitch. They don't make mistakes. They just do what you tell them. They just work the way they're designed. Right. And sometimes the way they're designed ain't that great. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, there's a, that's, that's you, you, you go back to Tucker Carlson. Carlson mm-hmm. spoke about self-driving trucks. Maybe that would be interest that could have some benefit. I just don't see the cost benefit analysis to balance properly. It is. See, that is always a tricky thing. Cause you know, the, at the same time, and I think it might, okay. Backing up. There's of course the example at the, when the industrial revolution first got started and cars started, then when eventually cars started to replace, you know, horse drawn buggies and whatnot. Yeah. Well, wagon, wagon makers suddenly were out of work. Yeah. However, there were lots of new jobs building, making cars. Now, of course, as we get, as we're going into this latest in revolution, technological revolution. Yeah. You know what? Automatic, you know, self-driving trucks are going to put truckers out of work. Now, what, what is the job that's going to get created for them? Honestly, I have no idea. That's that's my. I have no idea what the what the what the compensatory thing is. Yeah, and that's that the said, thing. I don't know that. Yeah, like you take what Biden said about the uh, the pipe pipeline. Oh, you'll get good green jobs next. They didn't get green jobs. You got nothing. You got back down to zero. And well, not to mention uh, the, the 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 green jobs aren't likely to be as good, certainly not as well paying. Um, for one, you've got, and, and you know, maybe some of the guys that are working in uh, the natural gas fields and everything are going to be able to go work at a solar panel plant or go work at, go work making windmills. But of course, I'm sure most of those processes are automated as well. Yeah. And that's, that's almost certainly. Point. And automation is taking away the, the working man and yes, I'm going to say man, not just person, as every politically correct politician puts it. Yes, that's okay. We know what you mean in the inclusive sense here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it puts them out of work. It puts their use out of work. And it yeah. really hurts the, the man. And as John Doyle pointed out in his very long hours uh, on pornography, mm-hmm. discussion of pornography, it's weakening man because... We aren't fighting for anything. We aren't yep. doing anything. We're basically sitting back and consuming. And that's really unhealthy. And especially when the work, when you take away work, mm-hmm. religion, order, ethics, tradition, you really endanger things. I'd like the government to be able to be smaller yeah. and localized. Yep. But yeah, that would be a current, wonderful thing. Yeah, but at the current juncture... That's not possible in the current political moment. It sometimes will have to grow in certain places, and you, you can shrink it over time. It's a long process. That's the problem. We always play four years. Yeah, and the pro and the problem is, I don't think it's 
it's never going to, sh it's not going to shrink without a crisis. Yeah. So, so yeah. something that just, something that just brings down, frankly, the current system. I, I hate to say it. I don't like it, but I think that's the way it is. And yeah. it's not, it's not going to be fun. No, it's, it's not going to be fun, but what you can do is for our children's sake, uh, yours, and hopefully I'll yep. have some, you, you hope that you can build at least a society that is good for raising them until that in yep. that the time when man falls apart completely. Well, you maybe know, and, we're at that point already. And we are, we are dangerously close. And this, what I, that's what I tell people who are like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what it'd be like bringing a kid in, in, into this world. Like, you know, just seeing the way everything's going, everything's going to fall apart. And then like, yeah. And somebody has got to be around to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Who's going to, who's going to raise the people that make that, that, that build whatever happens, that build whatever comes out of uh, the destruction of the current, of the current world. Who's, who's going to raise those people. And yeah. do you want it to be you or do you want it to be, to be uh, some Molotov cocktail tossing idiot? Which yep. one is it? Because it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, and that's that's why I support the idea of a version of cancel culture, but not something that cancels people for saying basic, honest truths. Basic normality. Yeah. Yeah, but those that show crazy ideas that there's more than one woman. There's more than one one way to be. That there's mm -hmm. more than one way, more than one sex. The crazy transgenderism that goes mm. on these days. Yeah, the not a big problem back in the forties, I should think. No, 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 no. You, <laughs> would have been, uh, you, you were either shipped off to the to the uh, army or anywhere else to to, to uh, learn. I'm not saying that every solution in the forties would be perfect now. No, but you can find the good that there was and try to emphasize it and bring that back. Like the aesthetic mm -hmm. was gorgeous. Yeah. Art, well, you know, it, it's like it, it's kind of like the the great prophet Chesterton uh, said numerous times. Um, one doesn't keep something the same by leaving it alone. One ha keeps something the same by constantly reforming it. Yep. The White House doesn't stay white unless you paint it paint. white right. every now and again. So it needs uh, everything needs a refreshing here and there. You can. Uh, you can tweak a thing. You can improve upon things, but one does think one does so carefully. Yeah. You know, unless you actually, unless the situation really calls for it, you don't have revolutions. Nope. You know, you don't get a sexual revolution is not going to be a good thing. <laughs> just, by its, just by its own, by, by its own terms, by the own words it uses and the way it uses them. It's, this is not going to be good. Nope. And Which it I, wasn't. No, it no. really didn't benefit anybody. No, no. I would dare say we're all uh, li living the aftermath of that particular revolution. And it's an aftermath that is threatened to bring down everything else along with it. Yep. It was, well, it's basically the reproductive, the idea of the reproduction mm -hmm. being completely, being cheapened and made into a pleasure object. They talk about the objectification of women and all that mm -hmm. stuff. 
Well, sexual revolution sure helped that. Oh, oh heck way. yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny too. It was, that's something that was predicted by uh, Pope Paul VI in his encyclical Ubani Vitae. It was uh, one where the Catholic Church basically came down and said, no, we're not changing our position on uh, contraception. Cope. Because yep. <laughs> uh, one of the things he said was that it, I mean, he pointed out that it's like, if this gets mainstreamed, and it was already allowed and by most of the, by large portions, if not most of the Protestant world by that time, uh, it's, it's like, if this gets mainstreamed, you're going to see massive amounts of promiscuity. Women are definitely going to suffer as a result of this. Abortion is going to become a thing. And it's just, yeah, everything he said was right. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's just, you know, based that, and of course, contraception is just one part of the sexual revolution, but arguably the most important part. Yeah, that was, that was started in, the, that really start, started to take form in the 1960s, early 60s. Yeah, yeah, that's when it got, that's when it got mainstreamed. Yeah, that, like in the late 40s, it was per, pretty much illegal or mm -hmm. uh, very frowned upon in Protestant and Catholic nations. Yep. Yep. Dang Anglicans in 1936 letting the camel's nose under the tent. <laughs> that was a dangerous thing. Yep. I, I agree. Have you ever gone and read that decision out of the Lambeth Council? No, I haven't. I, I ought to do so sometime it is because it really shows the danger of letting the camel's nose under the tent it shows the danger of the slippery slope because i read it and i'm like oh my gosh this isn't the camel's nose this is like the tip of a hair sticking out of the left nostril of the camel that made its way under the tent and yeah. they let they let that just a little, they let it in just a tiniest bit in the narrowest possible circumstances. And you, before you know it, boom, we're off to the races. It's like, yeah. and this is why, you, this is why some things, this is why we need more hills to die on, not less. Yeah. And uh, the Church of England is very, is an essentialist institution, especially in the English world. We are a part of it, even though America's in a slight way separated mm -hmm. but and and that's why i state if i ever wanted to get a big get a job in the uh king in the kingdom of britain i'd want i'd want to be the archbishop of canterbury <laughs> head of the anglican church yep. gives me a chance to gives me a chance to have at it you know we're gonna we're gonna fix some things kids buckle yeah. up Here's a Bible. We're gonna we're gonna be working on this. We got some yeah. work to do to get closer to this thing. Yeah, and by working on it, I mean we're gonna pay attention to it and change yeah. ourselves to conform to that, as opposed to changing it to conform to us. Right. I'm not a solid scriptura man by any means. I don't think I've ever come off as that. But the Bible is essential to the Christian do doctrine as one, much as one would think so. Yeah. <laughs> Considering it's where we get the ideas from, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it, it I mean, it's a little, a little important. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> like one would think, one would pay more attention to it than whatever Deepak Chopper is saying. Yeah, that that's that's the problem. We we let too much of the. Uh, I understand that cultures are going to. I know this would this will anger probably your Catholic audience. Hi, Margo. 
but you, you, you need to understand the culture that people come from. This is mm -hmm. not a debate of a true church or not. It's basic Christendom. Mm -hmm. you, you have to, in, in Canada, you try and get the Church of England reformed. In America, you try and get the Episcopalian Church reformed and strengthened because they're basically the an offspring of the Anglican Church. Yes, they are. And well, it's eh, yeah. Put it this way: your your sentiment that you're basing that off of is actually perfectly perfectly compatible with with Catholicism, because we have, of course, have the numerous different rites within the church that yep. are uh, local cultural adaptations. Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, and then of course you know the church is. Oh, oh, it basically invented the idea of enculturation. Yeah. Uh, of course, that sometimes that makes people mad too because they, they no, that's not enculturation, that's syncretism. And sometimes the line gets blurry. But yeah, uh, in, all, in all fairness. So that's how I would personally apply that. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in all honesty, I think there's a strong argument that I could make to say that a stronger, more orthodox Episcopalian church is actually going to be easier to make Catholic <laughs> than, what, than the insanity we have now. That's true. And th there's always that chance. But I think I think you need to get a traditional Protestant movement, Protestant movement going, if not for spiritual matter, but for political matters, mm -hmm. because you need to have a strong Christian basis in, in the basic law and text. It's not healthy to have have none of that in a society, mm -hmm. especially in Western Anglin English society mm -hmm. and French in some some areas. Like, look at France; they're a mess since 1789. They've been a mess. A little bit, a little bit. Of course, now they're calling out us for being so much of a mess. Yeah, which is kind of like who's talking? I think is both. Embarrassing, hor I think it's embarrassing, horrifying, and hilarious at the same time. Yeah, basically. And it's just. Because they're not a, wrong. No, America and Canada, we need, we need to, uh, we need strong reform. No, not by violent okay. means. I hope not. I'd certainly yeah, do not. I prefer not. Violence. I would much rather have, have the political, do the, do it via political matter. Because. I, I hope there's still time for that. I really do. So do I. I'm not an, I, I'm a conservative optimist in that I think everything can get worse. As yep. Michael Knowles would state. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, it's like the difference between the, um, be, between the, uh, Scottish the Scottish optimist, the, the Scottish and, optimist and the, and the Irish pessimist or whichever one it is. The one yeah. says it can't get any other, can't get any worse than this. And the other one says, Oh yes, it can. Yep. <laughs> Basically, it's like, oh, man, problem is, you're right. It can always get worse and it can always get better. Yeah. And I try to I try to have hope. I try to have hope. That's why I'm not just going to give up on my podcast and uh, delve into the bottle and in depression. I'm gonna That's try good. And, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and have it provide some entertainment that average people can understand can like like i think everybody has a heart for that mid-century uh 1940s early 50s era 
There is. There is something that's just kind of. It's both more. It's more dignified, and it's also there's a innocence and a fun to it. Yeah. That is missing out of most modern entertainment, and even and and, and by modern I mean like stuff coming out that's kind of come out since probably 2010. I'm talking talking very modern, because I actually go back and I watch a lot of movies uh, from that I grew up with in the 80s, yeah. and they have certainly have their issues. Um, yeah. Like I, I go back and I'm like, wow, those kids swore a lot. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like kids, uh, you know, and you'll get the, you'll get the early, probably even preteen uh, boys working on, working on something in the garage and they're sharing a beer. They stole out of some, out of one of their dad's dad's fridge, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? There's still, yeah, there's something there's an innocence in this. Yeah. There, there's, there's an, there, there's an innocence in these, in, in these movies that doesn't exist today. There's like a, an innocence, a sense of wonder, a sense of exploration that isn't even really encouraged today. Yeah. You know, even, even when the moderns talk about uh, exploration one, they're pretty much only talking about sexuality. Um, yep. And, by explore, they mean do this thing that we want you to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Explore your horizons, but yeah. don't listen to your fathers in yeah. any way. Oh, dude, I can't, t- I can't begin to tell you how annoyed I was when I was, uh, I was just about done with my degree and we, I had to do a critical thinking class. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. I like philosophy. This will be fun. I'm like, Wait a minute, hold on. I'm getting the impression that your definition of critical thinking, at least functionally, is reject everything my parents and grandparents taught me. Yep. I'm like I I don't I don't think that's what that is actually supposed to mean. Hey, you found you found you found out what, what our college system is basically now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. And this was oh gosh, how long ago was this? This was probably seventeen 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. And I was, I, a, I was a wee boy then. Yes, 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 you were just a wee lad. But I remember, and, and I think back to conversations and stuff that I had with fellow classmates, and I see the seeds of what we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Like I remember one of the people told me to stop using the word retard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? No, but yeah, you know, I'm like, People like that really exist. People that are like offended by somebody saying that's retarded. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah you're serious. <laughs> I know. That was practice. That was one of the words we used. I, I grew up in a more or less, like we were always kind of a little bit behind the culture. Hmm. There was no real political correctness up until the last years of elementary school for me. Mm-hmm. And even then it was an only one really kooky teacher. Who we mm. all disliked equally. She was very big into the uh, Indian issues, like the res- reservations and all that stuff. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh, how many times did I lose my temper about how bad I was being a white man? Oh. I guess that makes me a racist, of course. Oh well, of, of course, of course, obviously. I mean, 
So was. I hold no real thought of, oh, that guy's of a certain color. He's terrible. No. I no, judge obviously. people by what they do. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not that hard, really. Yeah. At least it shouldn't be. And, you know, Margot brings up the a point now that, you know, the younger millennials and the older Zoom and the Zoomers are starting to figure out that rejecting what her parents taught is making her more conservative. <laughs> it's like, and yes, that's because um, a lot of my generation, a lot of Gen Z and the older millennials are modernists. A lot of the yep. boomers are modernists. And that's why you have to, that's why when I say your, your parents, I'm more or less hearkening back to the 1940s and 50s right, and 60s. Right. Or the normal blue collar parents that, frankly, still existed, even for my generation, and mine. Yeah, like, yeah. I, think, I mean, they're not. Like, their numbers aren't completely gone. <laughs> no, I think you you can boost them up again if you uh, give the cultural backing and something that the kids can understand and like. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, like I said, I've contributed, I've contributed six potential parents to that pool. So, well, that's good. I hope I become one of them soon. <laughs> and uh, even, and at least, uh, definitely, two of my four girls are very, look, very much looking forward to being moms someday. And probably at least three of them. The other one is like, nope, I'm going to be the crazy cat lady. I'm going to be the cool aunt. <laughs> like, you're twelve, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I thought I was going to be a pro hockey player at 10. So, yeah. And that's yeah, not happening. That's not happening. No, no. I know you're into hockey. I know you, and I, I know you play a lot of hockey. Yeah. But I don't think they, I think uh, the best I can ever get to is maybe the ECHL or maybe AHL if I got really lucky. Hey, the fact that that's even potentially a possibility is. Means I wouldn't want to go against you on the ice. Of course, I've never played mm -hmm. hockey, so you would kill me. Yeah, well, I learned to body check as a young age, so there's that. <laughs> hey, that's a useful skill in many areas of life. Oh yeah, football especially was that, that was what was great for football too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, perfect. And they, see that that was that was my sport in high school. It's playing some yeah, football, I've... and you know there there are few positions more pure from an ability to deliver a violence perspective than a defensive lineman. Yeah. Because the whole, uh, your whole mission is to get people out of your way so you can crush whoever has the ball. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, I like playing center. I actually played center, and I'm not built oh, yeah? for it, believe me. I'm about uh, five. I was about 5'9", then, and maybe 150-some pounds, something like that. I was on big. the light side for a center. Uh, yeah, but I, w I was strong. I was always mm -hmm. strong. And, uh, but yeah, I, I was a hockey player. Hockey was my number one sport, but I could play football in gym class and I was good at it because they say it was touch football. Yeah, right. It was rugby. It was basically rugby. <laughs> ah, the good stuff. With an American influence. <laughs> so you got some speed going before you ran into people. Oh, yeah. We, we, we ran the flag, of course. Oh yeah, we we were touching everybody. Oh yeah, we touched you. Oh, yeah, we touched, we touched him I, right into the dirt. <laughs> I touched him a little hard. Eh, you know, whatever. As long as there's not too much blood. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, there, there was rarely bloodshed in that way. Only when it was like uh, something violent happened. That, that wasn't often. No. Yeah, it, it goes right back to the importance of that old school mentality. You need to have it. The yeah. You, you, can't, you can't have that mentality unless you're challenged physically. Right. And you can't have the... Uh, you can't have the hard work ethic. You need to have the the, the understanding of everybody thinks when you dress well, you're a homosexual these days. They always make that it's true. innuendo. It's, <laughs> and it's just like, no. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I, I have a story, but you go ahead. It's like, no, you, you dress properly to dress well. Mm -hmm. you, you When you're going to a nice restaurant, you put on a tie and, sh and jacket mm -hmm. at least you put on a sport coat just to go up because, hey, you can carry your wallet. You can carry things, extra pockets. Take a lot nicer. looks a lot nicer than your hoodie. Mm, right. Or you wear a windbreaker or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's <laughs> okay. I, I have to share this. But back when I was in the Navy, yep. I whenever I was not on the ship, I dressed very well because I wanted to dis disassociate myself from the average, you know, from, from the average uh, squid as much as I possibly could. Right. I did. Frankly, frankly, I'll be honest. I did not want to be associated. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm going to dress as, as, as well as I can. And I'm going to go and read my books and have a, and have a good time in my coffee shop and be perfectly fine. I was talking to, uh, uh, I've, forget exactly how it came up, but I was talking with uh, with a couple of the girls who worked at the Starbucks and it came up that I was in the Navy. Oh, wait, no, I, I went there with a friend of mine. And like, you know each other? I was like, yeah, we're on the, we're in the same, same division on the boat. Like, you're in the Navy? Yeah, what did you think I did? Like, well, uh, we thought you were like a hairdresser or something. I'm like, you thought I was gay. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> neither of those, neither of those things is true. Neither hairdresser nor gay. <laughs> yep. It's like, really? <laughs> That's why I started laughing when you said that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've experienced this firsthand. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I go to a barber. I'm like, no distinct. I just go to a barber where the average old school guy goes to him. My barber does a good job. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll be honest. My my wife usually cuts my hair these days. <laughs> yeah, well, I cut my own hair right now, and <laughs> right. I'm not really cut it. I just I just shave it around so that I don't doesn't touch my ears and touch the back of my neck. There you go. <laughs> and like we were saying before, once if it's once it's short, it's easy to keep short. Yep. <laughs> like I always, you always look at the. There was always there always seemed to be some kind of pushback though in the conservative mindset of that, for that old school mindset, there was Glenn Campbell. He was a great guitarist, great singer. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah, he had personal problems, but overall he, his public persona was a very nice, affable guy. Sure. He mm -hmm. had problems, but it's better to be, to have problems privately than to have them publicly as yeah. is so common today. Yeah, exactly. At the, at the very least, he had the decency to keep that stuff stuff out of the spotlight. Yeah. As but now, of course, could. everybody... It's like, back in the day, people had the decency to be hypocrites. Yeah. Now, everybody's like, 
behold my debauchery. <laughs> yeah, it's all about, uh, it, it, like, everyone says hypocrisy is so bad. I'm like, you know, it's better if the, the society has people who fall away from their standards than to be, and it would be called hypocritical than to have no standards whatsoever. Yeah. Exactly. At least hypocrisy implies a standard that you're failing to meet. And yeah. that's a good thing in its way. And of course, again, as the great Chesterton said, hypocrisy is just a compliment that vice pays to virtue. Yep. We all, uh, we all make mistakes. We're fallen. Exactly. We're fallen from grace. And that's why I always state that you have to have uh even a slightly, you might call it corrupt, or at least a, a police force, it'll turn a blind eye once in a while to something, but nothing yeah. of violence. Like, if an officer is stealing, yeah, you're, you shouldn't turn your eye, blind eye to that. But if he's pounding a rapist, like just punching him, giving him, a, like, giving him the off beating. Is, it, is like, it that bad? <laughs> it's like, are you really going to be mad at him? I, he's I'm doing not. a service. He, He's doing a service for our children, really. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. It's like, it's one of those I'm, things where I'm always, uh, I, I, I always, I've always wind up being torn on the death penalty, but I'm like, you know, if we're going to have one, I'm kind of okay with including rapists. <laughs> yep. I, I've, I've uh, stated many times a very pro death penalty. Right. Oh not, yeah. Not, not because I like the idea of having mm -hmm. to kill people, but people who are murderers, rapists, they're not going to be, most of them are not going to be reformed and they can't, it's not like they can make restitution upon what they've done. They've committed a, a vile act that's un, unreversible. It's not like a theft where you can pay right. back in restitution. Mm -hmm. What else can you do? I mean, I understand there's times for mercy, like you say, mm -hmm. a, business guy who makes a mistake he panics goes and shoots the client like an idiot okay he wasn't he wasn't thinking straight you understand that so you give him 10 years for manslaughter or something like that it wasn't it was far more like a car accident than it was a uh, where he, he went out bought a gun and just deliberately shot the guy right there's differences. There, there are distinctions. Yeah. And again, I think distinctions are something that the modern world is incredibly poor at, at making. Tell we, we have lost our ability to make distinctions. Yeah, I know. He said this. In what context? Oh, we can't make that distinction. Yeah. Why yeah. would you think about what they had to say? Just, oh, that was evil. That's why the joke now is, you like yogurt? Hitler like yogurt. Yep. Nazi. <laughs> well, that, that, then that gives us the animal, the non-animal rights people. That gives us a perfect thing. Hitler loved animals. Like he was a True. vegan, vegetarian. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And right. those of you against smoking and uh, drinking, well, Hitler hated those things too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you don't like beer? You know who else didn't like beer? Hitler. Yeah, that, 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 it's an ironic thing that's funny. Of course, I, I have a sense of humor, but yep. you have to have the, the understanding of, yeah, there's a problem with this, though. You know, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm suddenly now I, I want there needs to be a like a like a regular comedy 
skit based around that idea. But it's it's a parody of Dana Carvey's old church lady bit. Mm-hmm. And, but instead of, oh, could it be, you know, she always did finish it off with, oh, could it be Satan? Yeah. Instead of that, it's like, oh, you know who else did that? Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, same same basic same basic format, just different catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, and you have to. Humor is very important. You need comedy. Absolutely. The Jack Benny program was probably the best cultural thing you could ever have. If you for racial relations, mm. it did some of the best best repairs ever. Jack Benny was a Jew, uh, and his servant was a neat was a black man. Mm-hmm. Oh, almost said the, the terrible word. <laughs> no, that was a less the terrible word you were gonna say. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible at all. <laughs> you were just gonna, you were just gonna say Negro, which once upon a time was the preferred term. Yep. And Up then it became the... something different. Then it became something different. And I don't even know what it is anymore. And I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I don't either. I, I'm not gonna shy away from not using the proper words of the time in on the podcast. That I'm planning, that I'm, we're working on. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be the the words of the words. I'm sorry. It's a, if it's set a perfect time. It's set in a particular time period. We're not we're we're not casting Asians as English royalty. We're not casting black people as English royalty. We're not, <laughs> you know we're not yeah, doing we, that. We're not doing that kind of thing that Hollywood is all about doing lately. Yeah, it's it's about telling a good story as accurately as possible. Yes, and if it's a period story. It's set in a period. Make it period. Exactly. That's what I didn't like, what I didn't like about that Hamilton uh, oh. thing. I don't like rap music, so I uh, yeah. Actually... Me, 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 me neither. Which is the biggest reason why I I've never watched it. I'm like Hamilton. Yeah. So it's it, it's a it's a rap concert. I don't care. And, and, yeah, <laughs> that's that's like me saying eh, no thanks. <laughs> Pretty I don't much. like rap. I'm a Glenn Campbell, uh, Beach Boys, that kind of stuff. Look at me. Yeah. Do I look like I like rap at all? No. <laughs> if the, if the, the only rap I am into is of the Christmas variety, okay? And by that, I mean yeah. paper. <laughs> yeah, they, the uh, only rap I ever listened to was kind of Lauren Green's Ringo, which is basically telling a story. <laughs> Lauren a Western Green. story. Lauren Green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're not into rap at all. <laughs> okay. It's my kind of rap. <laughs> Lauren Green rap. All right. You know. The voice of death. What's that? The voice of doom, basically. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Matthias, we are up over an hour. And on the concept of Lauren Green wrap i think we i think that's a perfect place to end <laughs> yeah thanks for having me ah thanks for coming on it was a good time and we're gonna have to have you on again to talk about something i'm sure we'll come up with something because you know what the world continues to be the world i'm afraid yeah it changes a lot much like the weather has always changed and apparently in politics that means we're all gonna die it does in fact mean we're all gonna die unfortunately, unless, you know, who knows, maybe the global warming is going to make everybody freeze to death. One never knows these days. I know, right? It's it's amazing. It and is. population may happen someday. It, it, it might. 
I mean, maybe the rabbits might get over overrun us. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, in, in all fairness, and actually, I th I think this is actually worth pointing out. I do. I'm not a huge fan of pointing out to the population control people that, hey, we haven't had that happen yet. In fact, there's fewer and fewer people being born because to me, that's a backhanded compliment to them. Yeah, I, you know, I, like, I don't. If I was one of them and somebody brought that to me, like, yeah, that's because people have been listening and my policies are working. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like the COVID policies that everyone points out. They say, well, if it's this, then then it's so. Well, you yeah. never gave me a chance to, to, to point out what it would be without it. You just insist on your iron-handed policy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also with COVID, I stopped, I stopped trying to point out the inconsistency of certain things to people because I'm, no, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want you to figure out the inconsistency of your policies from me because then you're just going to make it consistent, probably yeah. in a bad way. What I want is for you to realize it yourself and then you're more likely to change it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that's it. You have to, uh, you have to balance everything. Balance is probably the best thing. The way you get to be an old school man is basically to grow up right, to be raised right and to listen to, to the right people. In other words, honor your father and mother if they were following the old, their father, their father and mother. Right. It's like there's a commandment about that or something. Yeah, I know. Somewhere. Some, <laughs> some text. Very old. Very old. Very, very old. It seems to me like it was like one of ten, maybe. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, like Moses got them down to ten, but adultery stayed, and they were all very disappointed. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> that, had, that had to be the one where they're like just like, but... Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Especially especially what they were busy up to while he was getting those chiseled in. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> we joke, but they're very important. And it, I, I just remember that one because Dennis Prager told that one, and I loved that one. <laughs> that is a good joke. And it, there is no doubt much truth to it. But and yes, on that note, and on Lauren Green, there, Mr. Old West, thank you for coming by. We are going to call call it a night. So thank you, those who are who are in the chat. Thank you, those who are checking it out. Thank you, those who check out later. And as you know, always do the so, the social media things, the liking, the sharing, the subscribing, all of that jazz. And we'll be here next week with another fun conversation with another interesting individual. To yet be determined <laughs> although i have a pretty good idea on what we're gonna do uh but i don't, can't say nothing because i haven't talked to the person yet so anyway uh, until next week and whatever it is that that brings